0: Hey, this is Pastor Chris with Believer City Church. Listen, I want to thank you for taking the opportunity to listen to this message on today. It's my prayer that something said will encourage you to believe in God, believe in yourself, and believe in others. And with that being said, let's jump straight into the message. What does it mean to pursue prosperity? What are we looking for in our lives? What are we trying to do? First of all, I want to make sure that you understand prosperity is not only related to money prosperity derives from the root word prosper, to prosper, and what it lets us know is that at some form or fashion, at somewhere in your life, you have become successful in something you have desired to achieve. So I want to make sure that you understand you can receive prosperity in your marriage, you can receive prosperity on your job, you can receive prosperity in your finances, you can receive prosperity in your church and your ministry, whatever. There's different areas of life That you can prosper. And we all should have some form of desire to prosper. Prosperity simply means to be successful. And I don't know anybody that does not want to be successful even the people that doesn't want to be good people want to be successful at being bad people and so they have a desire to prosper and each of us should have a desire to prosper if you're going through life and you have no desire to prosper you're not living at least you're not living out the plan that god has for you because god's plan is for everybody to prosper now catch this this is what we have to understand prosperity does not look the same For everybody. Prospering does not look the same for everybody. If it was the case, everybody would drive a Bentley. If it was the case, everybody would be married with two kids. If if that's what prospering was, but prospering does not look the same for everybody. As a result of this, we have to stop looking at how other people are prospering and think that their prospering is our prospering. That their success is our success because it's, it's not. We have to determine what is our success. What does success look like for me and my household? Everybody don't want to be a millionaire. Oh, I couldn't tell this weekend with everybody playing a lotto, though. Most people are, 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 t- are, 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 are okay with just being able to take care of their day-to-day life. And nothing's wrong with that. Everybody doesn't have to have a new car. And so my hope is that we in the life that we're living is that we're not so caught up on what other people have that we lose focus on what God has. For us. We look at this text. We look at this text. Jesus is talking to his disciple. This whole period of this this scripture is a test for the disciple, and it's kind of baffling because Jesus comes to them in such a way that is so cool, calm, and collective, and he simply says, man, which one of y'all is going to go out and build a house and not cut up the cost of what it takes to build that house? He says, man, you not only did you not count up the cost, but you got out there and you built a house, and all you had was enough time to lay the foundation. Didn't have enough money to, to put pillars up, to establish walls, and put sheetrock. You didn't have enough money for You got a slab. You got a basketball court for a house, is what, is what Jesus is saying. And he says, what happens as a result of that, because of you failing to plan properly, what ends up happening is that you fail. You perish. So instead of prospering, you perish. And he says, what happens is people begin to look at you and they laugh at you. They mock you because of your failures. They mock at you because of your shortcomings. I was thinking about this scripture. I was thinking about how many of us are somewhat failing in some areas of our lives, whether it's our marriage, whether it's our jobs, whether it's our finances. How many of us are failing to prosper as God has designed for us to prosper And I believe that the reason why we're not prospering is because we don't know how to prosper. I believe that people have been told, if you come to church, you give your money, everything is going to be good. And I want to be honest with you today. That's not true. I can say that's not true because the Bible says, those who suffer with me shall reign with me. It didn't say if you give enough money, then you won't have to suffer. So there's going to be hardships, There's going to be difficulties. There's going to be be problems that we go through in our lives. But what we have to do is we have to know how to, to weather through those things. How do we make it through those things? And so that's what I want to deal with today. How do we prosper? Pursuing prosperity. How do we get to a point of prospering where I can build my house, I can start out to build my house, and I can finish. I can set my mind on something and get it done. So there's three things that I believe all of us should know that leads to us prospering. The first thing, I want you to write it down, is prosperity becomes possible through pursuing purpose. Prosperity becomes possible through pursuing purpose. If you don't have a purpose, if you don't have an agenda, it's impossible for you to prosper. I just recently signed up to go back to school. There's a lot of young people going to school. And and in one of our group discussions, we had to ask the young people, uh, what are you going to school for? And the crazy thing is, is most of them, and I remember being one of those young people, Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to take my electives right now. I, I, I'm, just, I'm just here. I'm at school just to be school. But when you got to some of these older seasoned folks, they come and ask us, Listen, man, I'm taking biblical studies. I'm, I'm hopefully pursuing my master's, following this. We got it all laid down. Something is different because what happens is when, when they don't have a, a path to pursue, when they don't know their purpose, when they don't know what they're doing, they're kind of just going anywhere. And if they're anything like I was at that time in my life in school, I end up taking a bunch of classes for different things that I didn't even need. But what ends up happening now is because I'm focused, I know what I have to do. I have my degree plan outlined by dates. I know when I should graduate. And I know so much that I'm trying to take extra classes to graduate early. Why? Because I know what I'm trying to, I am trying to prosper in the field of education. And in order for me to prosper in the field of education, I have to be pursuing a purpose. I have to put some form of goal in front of me. The reason that many of us are not prospering in our lives is because we don't have a goal in front of us. The reason why your marriage is not prospering, you don't have a goal for your marriage. The reason why you're not excelling on your job, you don't have a goal on your job. You just want to get a paycheck. Without a goal, it's impossible to give it your all. And so we learn this in the text because what does Jesus say in verse 28? When we look at verse 28, the very first part of verse 28, this is what Jesus says. For which one of you, when you want to build a tower... He wants to build a tower. That is his purpose. His desire is that he wants to build a tower. He wants to build a house. He wants to build something. What do you want to do? You can't be mad at anybody or upset because you're not excelling when you don't know what it is that you want to do. I don't know. I don't know where I want to go the worst thing that happens is my daughter comes in the kitchen or comes in my bedroom I'm not in the kitchen yet she comes in my bedroom daddy I'm hungry it's bad enough you're interrupting my rest but now you're you're interrupting my rest I'm going to give you my attention okay baby what do you want to eat I don't know I don't know what I want to eat so you want me to get up out of my bed walk in the kitchen get you something to eat but you don't even know what it is that you want to eat some of us are coming to God saying God I want this God, I want this but I really don't know what I want I really don't know what he looks like I don't know what you have for me we're asking for everything that everybody else has but we don't even know what we really want what does success look like for you? What is your goal? What are you trying to achieve? Without a purpose, it's impossible to prosper. It's the first thing the text teaches. The text teaches us a second principle. Not only does prospering become possible through pursuing purpose. This is a very important one. We understand number two, prosperity is achieved through proper planning. Some of us have a goal But we don't have a path to get there. This is the people that go to God and we're praying for stuff, but we ain't doing nothing about it. These are the people that God made sure we had the text that says faith without works is dead. Because we know what we want, but we don't have a plan to get there. Me and my wife knew that we wanted a new house. We knew that we were going to pastoring in Red Oak. We knew that we probably were going to end up moving to Red Oak so we can actually be a part of the community that we're serving. And as a result of us moving to Red Oak, wanting to move to Red Oak, it took some things to happen. It took some things to happen. First of all, we knew that we needed to clear up some debt. So therefore, we were going to sell our house, capitalize on the equity from the sale of our house, pay off all of our debt. Now that we've used the money to pay off all of our debt, we would have to stay somewhere to build up our finances again. So we moved into a townhouse so we can build up our finances here. We said, okay, we'll stay here a year. After a year, we should have enough money saved where we can move and get us a new house in Red Oak. It was a plan. And now that we're approaching the end of the year, we're like, we're looking at houses. Why? Because we created a plan. We had a purpose. We put a plan in place. And as a result of us working the plan, it pushes us further towards our promise. It forces us further towards prosperity, what we want. But many of us, we want it. We want a good marriage. We want a new car. We want a better relationship with our family and friends. But we're not creating a plan on how to get there. And I want you to understand something. Maddie, Isaiah, come here quickly, 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 quickly. Arms in your sleeve. You never know when I'm going to call you. You always got to be ready. Madison is what I want, Isaiah is me actually achieving it. In order for me to get there. I have to create a plan. I'm a big dude. I'm a, I'm a real big dude. But I'm going to try to make it from. The desire. To the destiny. I'm going to try to make it from desire. To the destiny. You ready Maddie? I know what I want. I know what it looks like. I know where it is. And I'm going I'm to make a jump. From here. From here to there. Okay? You ready? Hold on. No, no, no. You don't jump. I'm going to jump. Okay. You ready? So I know what I want. I know where I'm trying to go. I, that's how you feel? I got to get there. And so what I, I do, sometimes we just sit here and we, we talk to ourselves over and over about what we're going to do. And what happens is it's so scary to get from here to there that what we end up doing is oftentimes we just stay here. But some of us, we crazy. Some of us, we crazy enough that we're going to try. So what we do is we rock back and forth. We plan. Uh, We we say we're going to win. I know that God has something greater for me. Things are going to happen. And you know what happens? We get enough energy to say we're going to go from here to destiny. And so what happens is from I go from my dream to reaching my destiny. I have to let go of my dream to go after my destiny. And I'm trying to jump. And I try to jump. But I keep falling short. I fall short. Why do I fall short? Why do I fall short? I, it didn't work right. Let's try it again, man. I'm trying to go from dream to destiny. I can do this thing. I don't need a paramedic, bro. I'm good. I'm going from dream to destiny. I can make it. I know I didn't have enough faith last time. That's what it was. I'm going to try it again. I'm, I got to make it to destiny. Here we go. Matter of fact, no, I'm going to run this time. I'm gonna go further back because that's what happens in life. You get set back when you fall short the first time. And so you go further back in life. And so as a result of me going further back, I'm, I'm gonna try to run out of this thing and I still didn't make it. So what has to happen? Come, come, Maddie. Give me another baby. Somebody else. Come, come quickly, quickly. Anybody hurry up. Anybody? Come on. Come on. Quickly, quickly, quickly. I'm using y'all today so y'all ain't interrupting service. Come on. Quickly, quickly. Stand right here. So what ends up happening now is that I'm just not going to go jumping because I got a dream. It doesn't mean the destiny is impossible, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the fact that I have a dream and I'm going to turn my dream to the next step, which the next step of my dream is to actually plan. And so I'm going to write out details. Stay right here, Matty. Don't leave me. I don't want you to trip me. And so now I made it to the plan. The dream is not only in my head no more, but now I have a plan. So now that I have a plan, you know what a plan does? A plan reduces the distance between your dream and your destiny. That's what a plan does. Because what it does is it stops me from trying to go from dream straight to destiny. And it puts me in a place where I go from dreaming to planning. Planning. And now that I've created a plan, now what's able to happen is it does not take me that long to leave the planning stage to reach destiny. It doesn't take me that long anymore. I want to make sure that y'all see what happens. See, earlier I was trying to jump straight from dream to destiny. And I was using a whole bunch of energy to make it a dream from destiny. But guess what kept happening? I kept falling short at the planning stage. Because I was not planning. All that energy. Now all I got to do to go from dream to planning to destiny is take a step. I don't have to jump no more. I don't need a paramedic back. I can take my time and walk through this thing. Now that I got a plan, I can take a step. And I've made it to where I need to be. Many of us are falling short from reaching our destiny simply because we don't have a plan. Y'all can take a seat, guys. Without a plan, the people will perish. If you can't put it into perspective, it's not possible. And so what we see in the text, Jesus says to them, Jesus says as simply as this, which one of you would set out to build a house? Which one of you would have a dream? But as a result of your dream, you go out to do this thing, and you don't have enough money to finish it. And so all you end up with is a slab. He says you have to take the time to plan. Many of us struggle financially. I'm going to give y'all this is, a little, this is a little caveat. This ain't no financial lesson today, prosperity, but it is about prospering in every aspect of your life. I'm going to give you something today that I want you to take with you because many of us in this room are living check to check. We can be honest about it. Matter of fact, some of us got payday loans. We're struggling, we're trying to figure it out. With a plan, things are possible. The reason why many of us fail to, to prosper financially is not because we don't give the church money. The reason why many of us fail to prosper financially, many of the reason why some of us don't even come to church and give the church money is because we don't have a plan for our finances. You know what a plan for your finances is called? A budget. A budget. If you have any sort of source of income and you don't have a budget, you got problems. A person who thinks they balling without a budget is broke. That, that's just a, that's the bottom line. You can't ball without a budget. Even the richest people in the world have a budget. And that's what keeps things in line. This is how I budget my household. This is how I believe that, that any believer should bother their household. Be, people be coming to church, I just need financial healing. I need financial healing. I'm going to sow this seed so you can bless my finances, Lord. No, you bless your finances. Ain't nobody got to bless your finances for you. You bless your finances. I want to show you. I have a heal. I call it my heal formula. This is what allows me to heal financially. It's my, y'all know Pastor Love acronyms. So it's, it's, it's my heal formula. This is how I bless my house. There are three phases of my financial status that I don't play with. Three areas of my life I don't play with. I put a border right there. I put a border right there. I don't play with these areas of my life. The first area of my life. It's all about honoring God. It's the very first thing I do in my financial principle. I give God 10% off the top. 10% belong to him. Some people say, well, that's pastor, that's tied in this Old Testament. Yeah, we tied it in the Old Testament out of fear. I don't tie it out of fear. I tie it to say thank you. See, I call this area, this is my area of Gratitude. Me honoring God is my area of gratitude because I could have been in an accident and not had a job. So I got it. Every every time I get a check, I just got to say thank you. That's the problem with many of us. We don't tell God thank you enough. The second area of my life, after I honor God, I have a second area of my life. This is what I call enjoyment. Catch this. Gratitude after gratitude I have to fix my attitude. Guess how much of my attitude is fixed? 10%. You know why I get my attitude 10%? It's because people that go to work but they don't have no money in their pocket, they got a bad attitude. So I'm gonna make sure I don't have a bad attitude. I'm gonna give God his 10% out of gratitude and I'm gonna make sure I don't have a bad attitude. I'm gonna have me some money in my pocket. My hair gonna get cut, my car gonna get washed, My wife don't get her nails. It's it's there. It's it's budgeted weekly. I got to have it. Gratitude and attitude. And then my last point is what I call my latitude. Because it's about where I'm trying to go. And what, what we do in the latitude phase is that we put something up. So guess what we can do? We can achieve our goal. Guess how much that get? 10%. So I've helped God in gratitude, I've fixed my own attitude, and then I've put up something for my latitude, for where I'm trying to go. For some of us, you know what this latitude is, your wedding. For some of us, you know what this latitude is, your house, the new car that you want. You think you're going to get it all at once. That's why everybody wait for income tax season. It don't happen like that. What ends up happening, you wait all that time. You to fell behind on some other bills, and then you lose that. So you have to do this thing in pieces. In pieces. This is what my household lives by. I don't play with this. I got my tied envelope right now. That's his 10%. percent i already ready. i already balled out this week, enjoyed my wife. We went to a hotel, hung out. Fed her good. She got a little extra money, bought her some of her products and stuff, whatever she needed. She did, she did her. Got a little. Show them your nails, baby. Got your nails done. She did, she did her thing. That, that, that fixed the attitude. Guess what? If my attitude right, her attitude right. Because she taking care of We leave the attitude phase and we put up for goals. It's not, a, it's not a game with us. We get in this house. The question is, which house going to get us? We're not worried about it if we're going to get it. We're going to get it. It's just, which one gonna, are we going to choose? We just not gonna take whatever somebody tries to give us. But then what happens is after I've honored God, I've enjoyed my, my I've set aside the joy of life, and I've set up something to achieve goal. Now the last phase, my, my L phase, is I live responsibly. This is where many of us struggle. Many of us struggle, is that we struggle with living responsibly. This gets 70% of your money now I want to make sure that you understand that that gets 70% of your money you can't say that you broke because you gave it to church because that's not the case you still got 70% and then you even better because you ain't broke because you already paid yourself and you put up for your future it's already done you know what I could not have any money in my pocket but because I know I got money in my savings my attitude is still good Because if I have a blowout, guess what? It ain't a problem. It ain't a problem. I know where I can get it. I got an emergency reserve. I ain't got to call my daddy and ask him for more money. (laughs) I got everything I need put aside. Now, this is what you have to do. You have to take the 70%. And you have to, that's where you begin to cut. Some of you is like, well, Pastor, I ain't never did a budget. That's all right. I'm going to bless your world today because you're going to go home and cancel Netflix. That $10 makes a difference. Some of you going to stop ripping and running around town all the time, picking up everybody else, because that's your gas money that you're wasting. Oh, yeah, you, I know you like your hair and nails done, but listen, that ain't part of your budget. That's part of your enjoyment. If you can't do it with that, you don't need to do it at all. I know your baby like Jays, but you ain't put that up for them. You want to know how you get from being from the poor house to the prosperous house? Create your budget. Create your budget and stick to it. If I even pull something out of the savings, you know what my wife makes me do? Put it back. She, every, as soon as I get my check, it's co- you know where it's coming from? My enjoyment money. Oh, you couldn't wait till it was payday for you to get some more money? Don't worry, i give it to you, but you're going to pull it right back out of hill. She never lets me get below where I'm supposed to be. This is why many of us are failing. The Bible tells us this. We want something, but we're not planning for it. You could take this same principle, not the healing factor, but get you a piece of paper, write it down. What is your plan for your marriage? I want my marriage to prosper. If I want my marriage to prosper, then what? I need to create a plan. Part of my plan is we're going to communicate better. Part of my plan is I'm going to get my face out of Facebook. It's going to happen. I'm going to open my mouth and talk to my spouse. We will sit down at a dinner table and have dinner. When I get out for work, I'm not talking about work. These are my personal. I'm trying to bless my wife right now to to just make sure she knows I I know what she needs. You have to create a plan. People that don't have a plan perish, but people with a plan Prosper. This is what Jesus shows us in the text in Luke chapter 14, verse 28. He says, Every, everybody has a plan. People want to do things, but what ends up happening is not everybody plan how it's going to be successful. How is this going to work out? And so there's a third principle that really convicted me and bothered me in this text because Jesus shows us the first principle is simply this. Prosperity becomes possible through pursuing purpose. The second principle, prosperity is achieved through proper planning. But this third principle is what really just touched my soul. And it simply is prosperity has the ability to produce perception. Look at verse 29 and 30 with me. This is what happens. He's already tried to put the house together. He didn't have enough. All he had was a concrete slab of mini basketball court. And this is what the Bible says in verse 29 of Luke chapter 14. Otherwise, when he has laid the foundation and is not able, and he's not able to finish all who observed him, begin to ridicule him. Because he's not able to finish what he did, the people who were watching him began to, to talk about him, saying the man began to build and was not able to finish Leave that there for a moment, okay? The reason that bothered me is because I thought about how many people we consider to be haters that are simply just telling the truth. I know somebody didn't want to hear that today. How many people are saying things that are hurtful to us, but what they're really doing is telling us the truth? They didn't do anything, they they didn't lie about him. He started something and he couldn't finish it. Problem with most people is that they don't want to hear the truth. They want somebody to tell them what they want to hear, tell them what makes them feel good. And as a result of it, every time what happens is they begin to continue to let themselves down. When we look in this text, we understand that prosperity has the ability to produce perception. Why is it important as believers, if nobody else, to understand that prosperity has the ability to produce perception? It's because when people look at you, they see Christ. Because you got to remember, you've been walking around claiming to be this big-time Christian. You serve this big-time God, this God that's going to provide for you no matter what it is that you're going through. You know who I'm talking about. This is what you do. So every time you're in that payday loan, getting that loan, and, and, and calling somebody, begging them for something, every time you're going through this thing, these things over and over because you're not properly managing, you're making who look bad? God look bad. Because they're looking at you and saying, why should I serve the God that you serve? You got the same problems that I got. You're going through the same thing that I'm going through. What makes your God better than what what I'm doing? When we fail at prospering, we give people a bad perception of who our God is. Failed Christian marriages are bad perceptions of who our God is. Failed relationships, Christian relationships, or bad perceptions of who our God is. Because the truth is, the formula that God gives us to be successful in anything that we do never fails. What happens is we fail to execute the formula. God doesn't want his people to be broke. But he he does know in order for you not to be broke, you got to manage it. That's stewardship. You have to be able to manage it. God doesn't want to see people to get divorced, but in order for you not to get the divorce, you have to what? Manage your marriage. You have to plan it out. The thing that that made this text so powerful for me, and I tell my people all the time, I fall in love with Genesis. If you ever really want to know God and see God, just look at Genesis. You ain't got to go nowhere else. You can see all that stuff later. But just to see the true identity of God, look in Genesis. Because I can't get over the fact that God said to Adam and Eve in the midst of the garden, after he put in all this hard work, he built this thing. He gave it to them and he says, simply be fruitful and multiply. Everybody thinks that that's talking about sex. It's not talking about sex. It's, It's every aspect of your life. Produce. Make something out of what I've given you. Become somebody. I was telling my wife the other day that I feel bad as a son because I feel like I make more money than my father. My father has been on this earth longer than me. He's put in much more work than I've had to get me to where I need to be. And I was talking to my sister and I was like, man, I, I just I never asked my dad, but I feel like I, where I am, I make more money than my dad and I I felt bad felt bad about it. it it was heavy on me but then I forgot that I'm a father and my goal is for my son to make more money than me my goal is for my son to enjoy life more than I did so I could see what God was saying to Adam and Eve yeah I created you but go take what I gave you and make something else with it do you realize a wooden chair wouldn't become a wooden chair without a tree. Why do I say this? God doesn't have to create anything new. He's given us everything that we need to create whatever we desire. Everybody is on their knees begging and pleading, God, give me this, God, give me that, God. When God is giving you everything that you have to have. As a matter of fact, his last greatest gift was his son. The question is are you going to utilize the tools? that I've set before you. Are you going to make something, catch this, out of nothing? You gonna turn that tree into a table? Are you gonna turn that wood into a house? Are you going to create a plan to become successful? Many of us don't have the luxury to go to our boss and demand a raise whenever we wanna raise, unlike some people. Many of us don't have that luxury. So since we can't demand more, what do we have to do? We have to manage better. We don't have the power to control other people in our relationships. So since we don't have the power to control them, what do we do? We have to manage better. And when I think about this, and I think about the understanding that God's plan was for us to prosper all alone, I can't help but to tie this back to Jesus Christ. I can't help but to tie this back that Jesus Christ is a representation of prosperity in our lives. Why? Because he is pursuing prosperity through pursuing a purpose. His whole purpose to come here was what? To redeem people. His whole purpose was to redeem those who are lost. And so because he had a purpose, he had to have a plan. What was the plan? I have to die, rise again, give my life so that they can live. It has to happen. I have to go through life being persecuted, talked about, put down. I have to heal the blind, heal the the sick, the lame. I have to go through this. And so we see all in the New Testament of Jesus taking his purpose, what he desires, and he executes the plan. And if you don't know anything about Jesus in the flesh, what you see is there was a time when Jesus Christ was in the garden after everything was done. He knew the Roman soldiers were coming to get him. And even Jesus went to the Father and said to the Father, God, listen, I know, Daddy, that this is the way it has to go. I heard you say that before. But listen, if there's another way that this cup, in other words, if you can keep me from dying and still save them, let's do it. Pray three times. And never got a response from God. Why? Because God's plan was God's plan. You have to not only have a desire that reaches to a dream or a destiny, but you have to pursue it on the path of the plan. The plan is what leads to the promise, the plan is what leads to. The promise, and this is what you have to understand. You can't download your plan and still try to end up at God's promise. It doesn't happen. You'll miss it every time. The point of this message today was simply because I want to see people prosper. I never want to teach a prosperity gospel that is about you putting money on the altar and faking it and shaking it. I want to preach the gospel that says, you know what? You have all power, the same power that God has given you. It's in you now. Just use it. Use it so you can be a better you. Believe in yourself. Believe in the God that you serve and believe in yourself. Because if you do what God has created for you, then it can get you to a point where you can be everything that God wants you to be. God doesn't tell the story. Christ doesn't tell the story to make fun of the man who has failed. Christ tells the story to say, you know what? You know what? You don't want to walk through life without a plan. Put things into action. I told the church a couple of weeks ago as I closed, I told the church a couple of weeks ago that I had a family call me to do a funeral. A family called me to do a funeral, and and doing the funeral for this family, uh, they were not members of our church. Uh, They were former members of a church where I was a youth pastor, had not been a part of a church and as a result of it they, they didn't have anybody to do the re- funeral for them because they were not a part of a fellowship they didn't have nobody to speak kind words for them not only that but because they failed to plan they thought they were, they were going to live forever they found the magical fruit, fruit they didn't put anything away and so it became a burden for their family to even bury them because they failed to plan you know one thing I thought about if I die today, the last gift that I want my kids to remember that I gave them was debt. I want to prepare for my future. I want to prepare for this church's future, everything that we have to do, everything that w- what God wants us to be. I want to see this church prosper, but the only way this church can prosper is everybody in this place begins to prosper. I don't have to ask you to give more because if you do more and you grow more and God blesses you more, you gonna are automatically give more. But people who don't give is the people who aren't growing. And so that's what bothers me. When I see people don't give, it's not about the money. It's the fact that where am I missing? Where am I not helping you? Where are you not growing? Where am I not making an impact on your life? God, what can I do better about your people? I heard a man say this week, I went to a a leadership training because I'm always trying to become a better leader. And now you know my philosophy is simply it doesn't care who you're over until you tell me who you're under. I always have to be up under somebody better than me. And this leader simply says this, that oftentimes we preach from a position of what can people give to us. But the truth is when we take this position, when we're serving, it should be about what can we give them. I have the greatest job on earth. I get to talk about the God that we all know. I get the greatest opportunity. I do it for free, but I love it. Who wouldn't do this for free? To be able to pour into people, build people up. But in order for that to be the case, you have to believe it. Prayer works, fasting works, but planning also works. Jesus had a plan. God had a plan. Every aspect of life, we have a plan. We have to put our plan into, pros- into practice so that we can lead to prosper. Amen. Let me pray for you. Most gracious heavenly father, God. We